0: The 2021 baseball season has hit September and we are now heading towards the final stage of this season for the Baltimore Orioles. Welcome to Inside the Yard, Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold, a couple of Orioles broadcasters chopping it up. And Jeff, uh, we have a great guest coming up on the program, young Ryan Mountcastle, who you look up and is very much in the mix for Rookie of the Year. And also Steve Molesky will join us from Massinsports.com to talk minor leagues and uh, let's start with Ryan and the season he's had. To me, it's more impressive that he was so bad in April to see where he is now. It validates to me everything he did as his, as a prospect in the minor leagues, what we saw last year, because the talent's there. And, and he has a, just a great swing and looks to be in total command in the batter's box right now.
1: A great swing and better swing decisions, too, which is not an easy thing, as Brandon Hyde has talked about throughout the year, to be able to to, be, to improve at that and to become better at that at the major league level because of how much pressure there is, how much better the pitching is, the type of division that you're playing in. But he's managed to improve in that regard as well. And, partner, you actually were the one that uh, we were – this is September 1st as we're taping this, and you were telling me, hey, what are his numbers going back to May 31st? And yeah. he has the third highest OPS in the American League since May 31st. That's, and not, among two, that's, that's not among
2: rookies. That's not among rookies.
1: That is among – Everybody, and in the American League, the only two that have a higher OPS than Ryan Mountcastle are Shohei Otani and Vlad Guerrero Jr. So Mountcastle's OPS is 960. For what it's worth as well, the guy that's right behind him is Cedric Mullins, who has a 950 OPS, so he's fourth. (laughs) So that's pretty impressive to talk about as well. But as you go into the fact that this is an AL Rookie of the Year candidate, April was a lost month essentially for Mountcastle where people were saying... Should he go down? And people were asking questions. And he, he'll talk about it on the interview, maybe some of the struggles that he had in that first low-A season when he was at Delmarva, maybe struggling for the first month and a half. But it's a very different thing when you're struggling in then the South Atlantic League. I can't keep track of what all the different new sure. minor league names are. Can't do it. But it's very different to struggle there and to struggle in the major leagues when you're playing in the American League East. But he stuck with it. He figured it out. Um, and now he's at a spot where he is a serious contender for Rookie of the Year.
0: Yeah, he's just simply among the best hitters in baseball over the last 70 or so games, and he did it. He was red hot and had suffered that terrible concussion, and he was out for about 10 days, and that's significant for a player that's hot. Plus, it's a very serious injury, and he comes back. It's like he didn't miss a beat, and you know, to me, one other positive sign is he was really getting pitched to early in the year by right-handers, and his splits were dramatic, they have really evened out. That's a great sign moving forward. He may not ever walk a lot, but he's certainly walking more. And I think that bodes really well. To me, Jeff, I see a legitimate middle-of-the-order bat, uh, potentially for a long time in this organization.
1: No, I'm with you there. I, I see somebody who can hit the ball to all fields. I've been most impressed when he's taken inside pitches and driven them to the big part of the field and use the entire field because it shows how much strength he has and how much power he has. I think he's also probably learned that, you know, an A swing is not a huge swing. It's a, it's a shorter swing direct to the baseball and he's going to generate plenty of power um, through that swing. And then he's gotten more time at first base as we've gone along in the year, So he's been able to work on that stuff as well. And the kind of guy that I expect to be somebody who's, competing for spots on an American league
0: all-star team. Somebody yeah. who we might see in a home run derby someday. too. I agree. I mean, I think it's not a stretch to say this is someone who can hit 30 plus uh, for a lot of, for a long time. I mean, I really think that's what we're talking about here. And life can be a lot easier for the young prospects to come offensively when they enter a lineup with Ryan Mountcastle and Cedric Mullins. It's a lot harder to be that first group with little protection around them. And you start looking forward and, it's pretty exciting when you think about having your leadoff hitter and someone who's going to bat between three, four, five in your order. And and you can kind of say, all right, we have two pretty big pieces here who are young and entering their prime years, but uh, let's get to it. Ryan Mountcastle and Steve Molesky as we continue on inside the yard.
1: Experience an O's game with the convenience and privacy of your very own suite. A variety of affordable single-game suites throughout the ballpark are available. Enjoy exclusive access to the game with climate-controlled interior seating, a private restroom, and comfortable outside seating. Visit Orioles.com slash suites for more information.
0: Well, Jeff, with us right now is a serious candidate for Rookie of the Year in the American League, putting together one of the greatest seasons for any Orioles rookie offensive player. Ryan Mountcastle is with us. And Ryan, nice enough to join us from Toronto. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, let's go back to April. I know maybe not the most pleasant of times for you, but in the middle of those struggles, what was going through your mind? Uh, everything.
3: <laughs> like, I mean, my mind was just racing constantly, and uh, it was it was a tough, you know, month, month and a half to start the year. and. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of really good players go through stuff like that, and uh, I think it made me better.
1: Ryan, had you ever been through a stretch like that before? Because you look at the fact that you were a former first-round pick, you dominated pretty much everywhere you went in the minors, and last year you come up and you put really good numbers together. But had you ever experienced a stretch when you were an amateur, little league, anything like that, where you had, had been through kind of a run like that and needed to make the adjustments that you had to make?
3: Yeah, it was actually my first full season of uh, pro ball and rookie ball. My first year I got drafted that, you know, two month little thing you do. um, I did pretty well. And then um, right when I got to low A, I I struggled the first, you know, month and a half, sort of like uh, this year. And I remember thinking like, man, like maybe this isn't for me and blah, blah, blah. um, I mean, once you eventually get out of it, it's, uh, you know, it's nice. And just having that confidence and, you know, keeping keep working hard and all that stuff it's it it goes a long
0: way did you have any expectation that you were going to start in a funk because it seemed like you had a pretty normal spring you had a great 30 games last year it almost looked easy for you you know hitting about 330 in a very short stretch were were you surprised waking up and on April 15th and seeing a batting average on the interstates
3: um I don't know I mean I'd uh, I guess a little bit. I mean, I, I had all the confidence in the world going into the year. You know, I worked hard in the off season and during spring training. And I mean, that first month is obviously not what you want to happen. And, you know, you're sort of looking over your shoulder, like hopefully, you know, I don't get sent down here anytime soon. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it was it sucks. And, you know, I, I had to battle through it and I'm proud of where I'm at right now.
1: Right. It sounded like a big part of you. You fixing some things was your commitment to hitting to the big part of the field and the opposite field. And I think we've all been impressed some of the home runs that you've been able to hit to the opposite field. When you were working on that kind of stuff, um, how did you adjust to being better at using the big part of the field and, and how has it helped your
0: swing?
3: Yeah, just um, not trying to, you know, try to pull everything and try to hit pull side, you know, home runs, all that, just trying to Stay through the middle of the field, like you said, and bring my swing from the inside out and just try to, you know, stay inside the ball,
0: I guess. Ryan, we chatted about this <clears throat> a few days ago, but there's obviously a lot of anticipation for some young Orioles to get to the big leagues and to get here as fast as possible right now. Fans are clamoring for the names we all know, like Adley Rutschman. You had a full AAA season where you won internationally player of the year. How helpful was that looking back at your overall development to get to where you are now and produce and also deal with struggles?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, I remember, you know, going through that whole year and, you know, not got, not getting called up and thinking like, man, like what could I have done better Blah blah blog? Um, but yeah, I think it definitely, definitely helped me in the long run. Um, getting a full season under my belt down there and coming up here getting all the big league spring trainings and just seeing big league pitching and, um he got me ready for that, you know, the whatever month I had last year. And I, I did pretty well last year. And um, yeah, no, it's it definitely helps. And, you know, I'm excited to see those guys, too, up here.
1: How much pride do you take in making better swing decisions? Because as you have gotten up here, it seems like you've become more patient. Your knowledge of the strike zone has been better. And probably your knowledge of where you excel in the strike zone has become a lot
3: better. Yeah, I mean, we, we work on it in the cage a lot. Me and, me and Don, um, he'll, you know, do some overhand toss where it's, you know, curveballs, changeups, stuff like that. Just nothing too crazy, but, you know, I'm trying to swing at strikes and hit them hard, and that's, that's what we've been working on the last, you know, couple months.
0: Ryan, you find yourself here as we hit September, bearing down on some old Orioles records. I mean, the Orioles have been around since 1954, and they've had a lot of great players. And you're chasing right now, not only two of the greatest Orioles, but two of the greatest players in the history of the game in Eddie Murray and Cal Ripken for the single season uh, rookie record for home runs. I mean, barring something disastrous, knock on wood, you'll get there. And I mean, just to be chasing two iconic names like Cal and Eddie, I mean, how, how do you react to that, that here you are and that's where you are in the record books?
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it's amazing to be mentioned with guys like that. And um, yeah, whatever the record is, I've been hearing a couple things about it. I don't, I don't know how many they've hit their year, but um, no, it's, it's really cool to uh, have my name up with those guys and their rookie seasons. Do you pay a
1: lot of attention to talks about you maybe being American League rookie of the year? How close of a, attention do you pay to that kind of stuff? And looking at numbers and things like that.
3: Not really. I mean, I, I got tagged in something on Instagram where they had like the power rankings. I was pretty far down there. So I was just like, I'm just gonna like, keep playing my game and
0: uh, whatever happens happens. You, after every game, rain or shine, win or lose, sign autographs. And then I put that out there on Twitter, maybe a week or two ago. And people respond to me saying, Ryan's been doing this since single a. And and it seems like that is what you do. What started that for you and, and how important is that for you?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I just like doing it for the kids, just seeing them putting a smile on their face. And, uh, you know, they, I remember being a kid and getting an autograph and thinking it was like coolest thing in the world and, you know, bringing it home and putting it probably losing it eventually. But, uh, you know, it was really cool for that day. And uh, definitely if, you know, the guy who gave me the autograph was probably you know my favorite player for a little while. So I always thought it was really cool, and uh, you know keeps the fans coming back out.
1: Do you have any of those autographs still hanging around the house? Like, do you have any favorite autographs that you got when you were a kid?
3: <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't remember, but I didn't go to very many big league games, so um, it was more like college players that I mean, I, Lord knows who <laughs> where they're at now.
0: Ryan, when. The Rutchmans of the world get to Baltimore. I'm sure we're going to see a lot in spring training next year. How quickly do you think things can change as far as wins and losses? And, and you've, all, you've been through struggles now as a major leaguer. You're kind of in a unique position also being a young player where inevitably a lot of these other young rookies who come up in the next few years are going to struggle. And do you feel an added responsibility to say, hey, listen, I, I hit 180 last April. Uh, this will end.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really hope it's, you know, sooner rather than later, but um, we got a little ways to go and I'm excited for this process and all the got young guys coming up and hopefully show them the way and whenever they struggle, have some words of advice for them because, you know, I've, I've been through it all and um, yeah, it's, I'm really excited to see, you know, where this team's at the next couple of years.
1: Being a young guy in the major leagues, who has been, maybe a person or two that you've gotten to share the field with, that it's been like, wow, I'm on the same field as, as this player. Has there been maybe somebody like that, that you've been in the same field and played in the same game as this person. And it's been like, wow, uh, it's, it's really cool to be in the big leagues.
3: Uh, Probably Miggy. I mean, just <laughs> seeing him go to first base and I'm, like standing next to him, trying to like act cool and like, you know, not <laughs> say too much, but. I mean, he's probably, you know, one of my biggest idols watching growing up. And just the way he swings, how he plays the game, it's, um, you know, crazy to see where he's at now, hitting his five hundredth and all that. Uh, but yeah, standing next to him at first is pretty cool. And Trout was out there the other day. He wasn't playing, but I saw him just, you know, warming up out in the outfield, and, like getting some work in when he's rehabbing, whatever it is. And that was pretty cool to see, too.
0: How's your defense coming along at first base in your estimation? feels really good. You know,
3: I've, I've been putting a a bunch of work in during BP and all that. And um, yeah, me and Tony Manzolino are, you know, our infield guys always, um, you know, helping me out with that. And I feel really good over there.
1: One month left. What are some goals that you've set for yourself over this uh, final month of the season?
3: Um. So uh, I'm not really like a numbers guy, like numbers oriented goal guy. So I just I just want to go out there and, and you know, typical answer, but play hard and help yeah, the team get some wins. And I mean, it's cliche, but it, I think it helps me play better just thinking about that and not thinking about numbers.
0: Well, Ryan, we had you do our fun five questions before, but round two, you had a different set of fun five questions. Are you ready to go? I guess so. You don't really have a choice. What's the last <laughs> series you binge-watched? Oh, man. Binge-watched. Um, or what are you watching right now? So,
3: Hard Knocks is is my big show right now. I get excited every, you know, what was it? I think it comes out every Thursday, something like that. Um, that's my thing right now. I, I love watching
0: football, big football guy. So, uh, probably Hard Knocks. Do you have – a road alias and if you don't what would your name be i do not have a road alias in. soon though
3: uh yeah i don't know i don't know what mine would be man um jeez Me jeff arnold
1: tomorrow <laughs> that's a good one no one yeah, will no ever bo- one. if you if you bother if you use that one no one will ever
0: bother <laughs> What do you eat before and after games?
3: Uh, man, so I, I usually don't eat much before the game. I, I don't like having no big full
0: stomach, but
3: I'll have a Red Bull and um, maybe something light, but something to get me going. Um, it's just whatever the pregame spread is at the field. So it's, it's a big mix. After the game, um, then we always have steak. Steak is always one of the big things. Steak or or chicken. I mean, nothing crazy. And if I'm in a funk, you know, I'm struggling a little bit. McDonald's
0: got some hits in it too. So I'll
3: I'll (laughs) take some, I'll take some McDonald's in every now and then,
0: what would your first grade teacher say about young Ryan Mountcastle? Oh man. It
3: probably not much. He was quiet. I didn't say
0: much and just, you know, put his head down and did his work. That was about it. What would you be doing if you weren't playing baseball? Uh, probably on the golf course golfing and then uh
3: hanging out i mean if if i have to have another job besides this i mean um it's it would be tough i mean i don't know not really good at anything else
0: thank thank god for baseball <laughs> yes thank god <laughs> ryan mountcastle it's been really fun watching you play and uh best of luck and health the rest of the way and we'll catch up soon yeah thanks guys
1: Get all the best Orioles ticket deals in one place, including single-game tickets, ticket packs, special offers, and more. We got you covered at the Orioles Ticket Marketplace. This is your place to score exclusive deals, so check back often for the latest opportunities. Don't wait to purchase last-minute at the box office. Ticket prices are the same at orioles.com slash tickets to purchase.
0: And, Jeff, one of our favorite recurring guests is with us right now, Steve Molesky from MassInSports.com. And, Steve, let's talk some minor leagues as the minor league seasons are winding down about that time of the year uh and, and i want to talk about prospects not named Rutchman and grayson rodriguez if that's okay i know they get the most sure. attention deservingly so but let's talk about let's start with kyle stowers and the power display he's had this season and what kind of prospect he looks like now hitting a lot of long balls in double a buoy it's
2: really had an incredible year um and I had a chance to talk to him at length a couple days ago, and Bowie was there, and, you know, he's a great young guy, 23-year-old left-handed hitter. First thing stands out is big, 6'3", 200. I mean, he is a a big guy who moves around pretty well in the outfield for a big guy, but it's the power and the exit velocities that are standing out this year. Um, You know, he's striking out a little too much, but the Orioles are really honing in on, you know, getting your A swing off and working on the plate discipline. If you put those two together, you swing at real hittable pitches and get off your best swing, you're going to do what he's done, which as we tape this is hit 21 home runs to lead all of the Oriole minor leagues. The exit velocity is loud. I mean, Buck Britton has a way with words, and he says he has big boy power. Uh, The other night, you know, they're trailing Erie in uh, a big game. They had lost the first couple in the series. He hits two home runs. The second one broke a 6-6 tie in the eighth. He hit it four thirty 30 to center field. So, really a power guy. Really came into his own at the Cape Cod League when he was at Stanford after his sophomore year. That's when baseball really said, this guy could be a high draft pick, and he's number 11 prospect MLB pipeline. So, as long as he cuts down on a little bit of chasing – this guy's power may be legit. I mean, he's really getting it done at Bowie after a pretty good start at Aberdeen. Steve, with
1: Neil Diaz, what do you do? I mean, we're getting to that point in September where the rosters aren't expanding as much as they have in the past. You can only add two more guys. Uh, Use Neil Diaz, uh, do you bring him up just to see what it looks like at the major league level, or um, do you wait till next year?
2: I think... You have to wait, Jeff. I think he has to earn his way there. And I mean, um, you know, Robert Newstrom, he may have earned his way there. Whether he gets there is a different thing, but how could you promote Diaz and not Newstrom? And some people would say Stowers, but at least Newstrom's ahead of him in the pecking order. He's already moved to AAA and he continued to hit. So, I mean, if you look at a young outfielder who's earned a call, it's probably Robert Newstrom. That doesn't mean he's going to get it. But I just – my personal opinion is, and of course, as you guys know, I don't make the decisions here, but I think that would send a bad message. But Diaz has just had a rough year and, and it's, you know, players are passing him by and this this happens. Uh, so the, the Orioles have a lot of outfield depth. I mean, Stowers and Neustrom have put their names on the radar this year, more so than they were when last there were minor league games in 2019. Diaz is going to have to come back in 2022 and reestablish something and try to now catch these guys where once he was ahead of them. Ryland
0: Bannon is a curious case, Steve, because he got off to such a terrible start. Most of the year, it's been really bad offensively. I know there were some injuries in there, but he didn't just get hot. He got incredibly scalding, smoking hot uh, to the point of, what, 10 home runs in 10 games? So it kind of leaves the Orioles an interesting spot here. Do you give him a look? They obviously want to see Mateo and Jumai Jones a little bit here. And then where does that leave Ryland, who's on the 40-man roster
2: heading into 22? Yeah, that was that was interesting because he's another player whose overall stats have not been good this year. But then in about a week and a half, he made some of them look a lot better when he went on that Homer binge. And, I mean, he's not a big guy, uh, tall-wise, but he's strong. He lifts weights, and, you know, he's always been able to drive the ball. So bannon he could get a look before this is out i've even heard people in the organization say if you're going to look at a third baseman patrick durian at Bowie has had a real solid year start to finish um so both of those guys at third base are probably pushing for time you know bannon defensively some scouts have told me he doesn't always make the routine play he's a quick twitch guy so he'll make some great plays uh, but then in the seventh inning, the routine play can elude him at times. So maybe that's a concern for the Orioles. I don't know. But, I mean, they like Bannon, and Mike Elias has talked well of him before. He That's how he made it to the 40-man. So if you make it to the 40-man, you're close. And they have had these recent guys they called up, but it wasn't him. So he's another one who just has to keep working, and his day hopefully will come.
1: Steve, I wanted to ask you about Mike Bauman. You tweeted this, you tweeted this out last night as we're kind of – we're, we're taping this on September 1st. Four earned runs in 22 innings pitched in his previous five starts. And, you know, the Orioles, as we get to September, want to take a look at some pitching. You wouldn't mind having some, some pitching. And, and they've pretty much gotten a look at everybody. Mike Bauman hasn't been one yet. Um, do you think we see him maybe getting a couple of starts in September?
2: I could see that. There's room at the end. There's an opening in the rotation as we speak. Who's going to get it? Why not Bauman? The guy ended his time at Bowie pitching really well. He went to Norfolk and saved for a minor bump or two in the road. His pitch really well. He's shown him he's healthy. The slider, I watched a little bit of that start last night, was bearing it beautifully. You know, he's still mainly a two-pitch guy. That's the knock from some scouts. The third pitch or fourth, not quite refined, which is why some scouts kind of label him a future reliever. We're going to see on that. But I know this, Big Mike is putting up big stats. And how many times this year, guys, have we seen a pitcher called up out of desperation who might have an ERA of six or seven because they need innings and they need a healthy arm? We know that's happened. Here's a guy who's pitching his way onto the team, and it's already on the 40. It just seems to me to be adding up to call him while he's hot. And we know he's a future guy for the Orioles, so why not get a look now? That doesn't mean he would break opening day next year, but heck, take a look now with a month to go. Guys pitching well, why not?
0: Yeah, let's see. Let's see what it looks like. And uh, Steve Molesky, we appreciate it so much. Uh, fascinating uh, finish for both the big club and all the minor league teams as we now hit September.
2: You got it. Thanks, guys.
1: Birdland, The bird is back and ready to make a special appearance at your next event. Add some Orioles magic to your birthday celebration, wedding, or corporate party by booking the bird today. Proceeds benefit the Orioles Charitable Foundation. Book your bird appearance today at orioles.com slash bird.
0: All right, fun episode, Jeff, talking with Ryan Mountcastle and talking with Steve Molesky. And we're getting to the point where the minor league season is obviously uh, winding down, although it's been lengthened because it started later. And then, It changes a bit in September, although not what we've been accustomed to over the years in Major League Baseball, because we don't have the true expanded rosters that we all got to know. So we will likely see now a smattering of prospects get opportunities down the stretch. I don't think we're looking at wholesale uh, difference, a line change, so to speak in the, in the final few weeks. You think that's a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, I think so. And a lot of it's just because of the fact that you can't, bring everybody up from the 40-man roster like you used to anymore. Now that it's just 28 and the standard option rules apply, meaning that you can bring somebody up but if you send them back down then you've got to wait for the 10 days unless there's an injury in there. And we'll see who ends up getting called up. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Mike Bauman at some point given how he's gotten on a nice roll at at AAA. I wouldn't be surprised, maybe, if you saw someone like Ryland Bannon. I know he doesn't have as much positional flexibility and kind of given what you have right now, it makes it a little tougher. He does play third base, so that's something that can help you out. But you got a bunch of second basemen and you're still trying to evaluate Jamai Jones right now. Um, Use Neil Diaz. I don't think we see him in September. I really don't. Um, he's had a disappointing injury plague season. Uh, but I do think we'll see some, some more pitching. We might see Dean Kramer get another opportunity, and hopefully it will be better after what happened to him uh, in Buffalo when, when we were back in June. But it'll be interesting to see. It, you know, September is really for a lot more evaluation to take place. It's not going to be probably as broad of an evaluation just because you're limited by adding only two extra guys. But still, given the spot that the Orioles are in, they're going to take a look at some other people see what they have and that'll affect what uh, kind of moves they decide to make in the offseason
0: the old adage or the old mindset that september is not necessarily a great time to evaluate i think it's kind of out the window the orioles are playing a bunch of teams in a pennant race down the stretch and it's not going to be a bunch of prospects on all these rosters playing it's going to be uh, a lot of players trying to prove themselves or win games right now so it'll be a little more pure you know a lot of times old managers and baseball people would say, don't get overwhelmed with what you see in March or September. I think we're going to see a little bit, a little bit of a more uh, legitimate game here in the final few weeks of the season, particularly for the Orioles and the teams they are playing as they try and uh, win championships essentially. So these are not fooling around times.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that's the key point is because of who you're playing, you know, that you're going to see these teams at their best with a lot on the line, and that's going to test out some of the people uh, that are here for the Orioles. And when I I look at some things that, you know, you'd love to see, I think at the top of the list is seeing if Santander can finish strong, if you can get Ryan Malcastle, hopefully get him inching closer to maybe winning American League Rookie of the Year. He's had a huge month of August, which which was fun to, to watch and how he performed. And then you've got, you know, some other guys in there, too, um, Cedric Mullen, see if he can finish strong. And, and, if, and if you get those individual successes mixed together and you get some guys putting the Septembers together that they want against this kind of competition, it can put a good feeling in your mouth going into spring training next year. And then it can also lead to you hopefully putting some wins together and the Orioles may be playing a little spoiler.
0: All right. Well, that does it for this edition of Inside the Yard. We have some fun episodes coming up. So do join us for that. We drop every Thursday. Keep spreading the word about our podcast, Inside the Yard. For Jeff Arnold, I'm Brett Hollander. We'll talk on the radio and television and every week on Inside the Yard.